Welcome to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast, a weekly program that looks back at historic content from our archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by today's edition. Today, you will get to hear audio from a simulated Article 5 convention with 49 state delegations consisting mostly of sitting or previous state legislators. Hosted by Convention of States Foundation in August of 2023, the event was held in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. In Part 6 of the final plenary session, commissioners debate and vote on Proposal 1 as offered by the Committee on Fiscal Restraints. This meeting of the Convention of States simulation general session for 2023 will come to order. I'm going to ask that we agree to limit each of the four proposals to a total of 35 minutes for debate and amendments, five minutes for calling of the roll, and that we limit uh, each speaker to three minutes. If there's no objection, so ordered. Roll call of the states. Okay, hold on, let me. Alabama. Present. Alaska. Present. Arizona. Present. Arkansas. Present. California. Present. Colorado. Present. Connecticut. Present. Delaware. Present. Florida. Here. Georgia. Here. Hawaii. Here. Idaho. Here. Illinois. Here. Indiana. Here. Iowa. Here. Kansas. Here. Kentucky. Louisiana. Here. Maine. Here. Maryland. Massachusetts. Michigan. Minnesota. Mississippi. Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Here. South Carolina, Here. South Dakota, Here. Tennessee, Here. Texas, Here. Utah, Here. Vermont, Here. Virginia, Here. Washington, Here. West Virginia, Here. Wisconsin, Here. Wyoming. Forty-nine states present. Forty-nine states present and a quorum. So if we finish on time, we have a little time left. We're going to have a little extra fun. So that's going to be our reward. We'll get to get everybody to talk a little bit. We'll enjoy this moment, this historic once-in-a-lifetime moment. The chair recognizes Senator Kevin Lundberg. A representative of Colorado to present the bill from the Fiscal Restraints Committee on the Balanced Budget Amendment. Thank you, Mr. President. I appreciate the opportunity we have here and the Committee on Fiscal Restraints met yesterday and considered a multitude of, of issues, but uh, at the end of the day, 
We have one proposal before you, and that is a balanced budget amendment, which I believe uh, all of the commissioners should have a copy of in front of them. But let me just give two, two things briefly. Uh, one is uh, um, uh, we had six balanced budget proposals before us, which uh, seemed like a bit of a daunting task because these are, you know, multiple subject uh, um, pieces covering a lot of details. So I tasked the six sponsors of those to be a subcommittee to go and pull it all together and, and put together in, in as concise and brief a package as possible um, to capture the, the essence of a balanced budget amendment proposal. So um, uh, Representative uh, Tom McGilvery from Montana was the chair and I requested that uh, he uh, join here in the description as Without well. Objection, so order. Okay, very good. Um, and let me just direct your attention to a couple of details. Uh, one is uh, uh, that uh, uh, this is a, a a stiff requirement, and that's because we're not doing it right at the federal level. We're spending more than we've got, and we really need to find a way to live within our means. So it's not going to be an easy task, but it needs to be a path that can be followed. Uh, a couple of the elements uh, within it in Section 2, it, uh, uh, to, to uh, um, let's see, to increase uh, the spending beyond what's prescribed, it, it does require a supermajority from both houses of Congress in a roll call vote uh, in and then uh, Section 3 talks about taxes, and uh, there again, uh, uh, Congress, in order to raise any taxes, is required a two-thirds vote in both houses by roll call, so they can be held accountable for the exceptions we have here. And then finally, in Section 4, it says, nothing in this amendment shall be construed to allow for an increase in taxes without the express approval of Congress. You might find that a bit curious because isn't it Congress who uh, creates the taxes in the first place? Well, yeah, sort of. But the concern there is what if to comply with the terms of the amendment requirement, what if some court were to say, well, we're going to just raise the taxes because that's one way you can balance the budget is you just double the taxes and you're, you're in business. Well, this is to get around that and say, no, Congress has to be the actual uh, group to raise taxes in order to uh, um, to deal with with the other constraints within this. Anyway, with that, I uh, submit this and and uh, would ask that uh, uh, Representative Tom McGilvery from Montana um, give some of the particulars and probably can answer a lot of the the detail questions better than myself. Anyway, thank you thank again, you, Mr. Thank President, you. and and the uh, convention. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I uh, don't really have anything to add to what the chair has already said. So in the interest of time, I'll just, uh, there are questions on the amendment. We'll be happy to entertain those. All right. If we have amendments to be offered, who, who would propose one? First, I'm sorry, you had a question? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, come and identify yourself and ask your question, if you would. Thank you, Mr. President. Joe Markley from Connecticut. I will perhaps ask a question to be followed by an amendment, but let me ask 
who would be responsible for determining what the figure is that is used for the gross domestic product of the United States? Well, that's a good question. I'd love to have a great answer. Um, <laughs> but it would have to be sorted out. And, and you know, if uh, there's always a need for implementation that cannot be captured within the amendment itself. So I do believe that, that we would sort out the, the, the uh, detail there, but I'll admit very clearly that, that games can be played in playing with numbers like that, so we'd have to keep a sharp eye on them. And uh, if somebody has a response, I, I see one of our committee members has a, would like to respond on this. Well, I think that one's not going to be in order, I think. Let's I would also that. add to that that the amendment does says that uh, federal expenditures for each fiscal year shall not exceed annual revenue collected in the prior three years. That simply gives us some smoothing mechanism there, but also um, it limits it to that as well. Do we have amendments that have been offered? Okay. Who would seek recognition offer an amendment? Uh, yes, sir, you're here. Go ahead. Identify yourself. Joe Markley again. In response to this, first of all, let me say I could not be more in sympathy with the intention of the people on this. And I would love to find a method, not simply to have a balanced budget, but to limit the growth of expenditure. I just don't think that what we have in this uh, amendment would work. Gross domestic product is a concept that's only existed for about 80 years. It's to the credit of the... Of the um, founders that in writing the Constitution, they did very little that has dated. Um, nothing will date faster than a concept like gross domestic product. Many of you might remember when it wasn't gross domestic product, it was gross national product. Uh, that was changed back in the 1990s. It's a somewhat different number. Gross domestic product, there are three ways to calculate it. The three ways give us three different calculations. The United States Bureau of Economic Analysis, which is a um, a division of the Department of Commerce is currently the uh, uh, agency that uh, produces the number. I have no faith, when we talk about being in thrall to the bureaucracy, I have no faith that a government agency like that would give us honest numbers, even if honest numbers could be arrived at. I think this is an invitation. Me, Do you have an amendment? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I, Go the ahead. Amend, my amendment would simply be to strike that phrase, not to exceed 18% of the gross national product of the preceding calendar year. I think it's a great idea. I don't think it will work. All right. Do we have uh, any discussion on that amendment? Do we have a second? Do we have a second? Second. second. Uh, anyone wish to discuss the amendment? Yes, sir. Identify yourself, please, sir. I'm uh, Joe Griffith from uh, California. Uh, so when we look at the limitations here, let's not get too lost in the details of what actually or how we're actually going to define total gross domestic product. Typically, we'd go by what the Bureau of Economic Analysis says. Can be accurate. Sometimes it's not fully accurate. But the point is we're trying to say with this, we're trying to say that even if our, our federal revenue unexpectedly booms, we don't want to have a blanket provision for Congress just to spend all that revenue. Let's say revenue. Revenue traditionally, going back to the last 60 years, traditionally ranges from between 15 and 20% of our entire gross domestic product. 
What we're trying to say here is let's say we go to an economic boom period and we're collecting 20% of our total gross domestic product in, in taxes. We're trying to put a limit on Congress and saying just because you're intaking all those tax dollars doesn't mean that you get to spend all of it. And that's all that 18% figure is. We're just trying to put a limitation on federal spending as well as on the federal um, debt. Unfortunately, um, it's not likely we're going to actually see that type of uh, revenue. It's only happened a few times in the past 70 years, but we're just trying to put a safeguard in here. If we do go through a period of economic boom, Congress does not have a free reign to spend all of that money. And for that reason, I oppose uh, the amendment. All right, so we have a lot of pending amendments. Are we ready to vote on this amendment? Any further discussion? If not, close on your amendment, and we'll, we'll have a voice vote on it. The person who offered the amendment, did you wish to say anything else? Okay. All right, then, all in favor will say aye. Those opposed will say no. And uh, all in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed say no. No. Well, the no's have it. Next amendment. Who wants to be recognized for an amendment? Yes, back here. Is that? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yes, sir, and please identify yourself. Yes, I'm uh, State Representative Dennis Powers, and I was on the uh, committee that uh, had the proposal. First of all, I want to thank everybody that worked on our committee. They did a great job, and I think we were voted the number one committee here this week. So <laughs> we, we appreciate that. Um, part of mine goes back to the GDP, and, and all I was trying to do, the, just the first line of, of our proposal, I know you all worked hard on it, came up with some numbers, but we got some numbers that are kind of moving numbers. We got uh, the GDP, like he talked about, the um, annual revenue collected in the three years, that can vary. We have uh, the other amount, the average, I'm sorry, the preceding calendar year, that number can vary. So all I wanted to do was replace it with the line, and I think they have it on the board. Is that the correct one? Okay. Yes, that is the correct one. So it simply says Congress shall adopt a preliminary fiscal year budget no later than the first Monday in May for the following fiscal year and submit said budget for consideration. And what that does, I actually, I hate to tell this, but I plagiarized off uh, somebody that had sent this in. I think it was uh, Chairman Lundberg of Colorado uh, for Steve Halpern of Nebraska. But I just thought that was a good encompassing first line and it takes out those variables that we're looking at that can change from year to year, but it does make us have a budget. It does make it have it on time and make it be presented. And then they've got from May to uh, October 1 to get it passed and, and have a balanced budget amendment. And I think this simplifies everything and it makes it easier for us to, when we go home to try to explain it to everyone exactly what we did and, and, and why we did it that way because I think the other numbers can really change over a period of time. So that's my amendment and uh, Thank you and to speak on vote. the amendment, I have a number of people seeking recognition. Utah, were you to speak on the amendment? Is that correct? Then Delaware, did you want to speak on the amendment? Sir, you have an amendment. Michigan on the amendment? I have a proposed amendment. Okay. And West Virginia, do you want to speak on this amendment? Anyone to speak on the amendment? 
Yes, sir. Go ahead. Identify yourself again. And uh... okay, I'm sorry. Senator Tom McElroy Billings, uh, Montana, Montana. Um, I would oppose this amendment. Uh, number one, the reason we put in the prior three fiscal years is because it does allow some smoothing. For example, if you had a maybe a 10% drop in revenue the previous year, it may be very difficult in a bad economic time to drop your revenue 10%. It may be actually damaging to the economy. So by having three years, you actually smooth, and it can be less destructive in a poor economic cycle. Secondly, we already have Article 1, Section 7, which requires uh, Congress to submit a budget every year. So for those reasons, I would oppose this amendment. All right. We're going to try to hear from California and then Virginia on the amendment and then go to a vote. California would be next. Uh, Joel from California. Uh, my only concern with the amendment is that if we strike the first three lines, then we're not going to have a clear um, requirement to have the, the budget balance. But if, you, if uh, the gentleman be agreeable to simply adding the amendment, I would no longer have an opposition. I'd no longer be opposed to it. All right, then. And uh, Virginia, did you wish to speak on the amendment? Who from Virginia wanted attention? Yes. Well, Mr. President, that takes care of my objection. Yes. The right. okay. proposed amendment would render this not a balanced budget amendment. Okay. All right. Any, any objection to the amendment? Hearing none, the amendment is adopted. Do we have further Thank you, Mr. President. pending on the proposal? Was there any objection to the amendment? I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any no. objection. Was, I'm just adding it. I'm sorry. No. All right. Yes, ma'am. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yes, all we were doing, and rather than replacing the first sentence, we were just adding what I had um, put on the board. So it's just adding and not replacing anything. Originally, I had talked about replacing it, but well, after talking with the gentleman from California, we decided to just to add that sentence on there to make sure that we get a, a balanced budget uh, and get one proposed on time and have, have Congress time to vote on it. Yeah, so both, so both of those, yeah. Originally, I was thinking about replacing the first line, but we're just adding it instead. So does this solve our problem? Do we have any other objections or concerns about it? No objections? Nope. All right. I'm sorry. From the floor. Sure. We need a floor okay. man. Yes. And introduce yourself, please, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. Quick question. It says that they must meet it by the first Monday in May. I see no penalty as if they don't. What happens if Congress just ignores that? They would never ignore. <laughs> yeah, I, I could never see that happening either. Um, but but just like, I think it's just like any other uh, constitutional issue that we might have, anything that's, that is an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, they were required, you know, by law to file it. So we would have to, we would have to come back and, and uh, have some type of right of action to come against them if they did not present one in time. Just like any other, any other amendment that they've ignored. 
Any further discussion on the amendment? Any objection to the amendment? Hearing none, it is adopted. Wait. Yes. Um, Utah is recognized. Get my steps in from the back row there. Thank you. I'd like to reserve the right to make a, mem uh, uh, a motion to amend, but I'd, I have a question. Do you have any idea what the current debt to GDP, or I'm sorry, expenditure to GDP is? You've got an 18% limit. Do you, do you have an idea what the current expenditure to GDP is? Yes, uh, currently the federal revenue is 4.7 trillion, GDP is at 25.4 trillion, so revenue to GDP would be about 18%. Uh, but we're spending about 6.2 trillion, so I'm just guessing another uh, 5, 6%. About 25%, I think, if we yeah. look it up. So my, my, my question would be, so if we're 25% currently in spending and we want to put a limit of 18%, so we've got a 7% delta, that's something in the order of trillion plus dollars. How would you propose that if that, this passes, they would immediately reduce the trillion, call it a trillion, two trillion, three? Um, thank you for the question. What, we, what we've seen is that if we just went back to 2019 spending, you could balance. Right now, we're spending about one and a half trillion over the 4.7 trillion of revenue. Of course, if this amendment goes out for ratification, you're going to have the time that it's being ratified. I think Congress can see the writing on the wall, to use a biblical phrase. Uh, they can get their house in order, and then they have three years based on uh, Section 5 to also adjust. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, I, I very much appreciate the blending and the amendment there. The 18% the I think is concerning and then the additional 1%. I think in most of our states, Health and Human Services is about 65 to 70% federally funded and the easiest way for Congress to then reduce that amount if we put that cap on them is to simply cut back to the states and, and, and take that through. I think the work in getting the revenues to not, or the expenses to not exceed revenues is extremely laudable. If, if we push an 18% cap currently, we're going to see that just come right down to the states that every one of our states are at least 30% federally funded, some as much as 50% federally funded. The easiest way for Congress to do that is to simply cut money to the states. Um, I would suggest as an amendment that we simply strike the not to exceed 18% the rest of that line and strike after the last line uh, after any surplus of revenue over expenditure shall be applied to outstanding debt put a period and then strike the rest of that line so that we first deal with simply getting expenditures not to exceed revenues if there's any surplus uh, revenues to apply that to debt if we go into 18% and then an additional 1%, Congress is simply going to push that down to the states, and we're going to find some situations in our states that maybe, uh, you know, be careful what you ask for. Um, now, we're uh, under a three-minute time limit, so we're going to have to watch our time very closely. So I simply make that proposal. So uh, after the end of the first line, not to exceed down to the calendar year, and then at the last line, and 1%, and just simply strike those, and then keep the balance unchanged. One percent to the end of the line. The and one percent, yes. 
mean, if we, if we can get revenues to expenditures and any surplus to debt, that is a Herculean effort without, without uh, imperiling the most vulnerable in all of our states, which is where they will push all of the, uh, that additional 7% plus the additional 1%. Uh, Mr. President, I have no problem with that amendment. Sir? Mr. President, I have no problem with that no amendment. No problem with that. Did anyone have an objection to that suggestion or that proposal? Hearing none. You do have an objection, all right? If you let us know, you'd like to speak on the proposal by Representative Iowa. We haven't gotten a second. You have a second to the proposal by Mr. Iowa. Second, all right. And you wanted to speak on that? I'd be uh, very brief. I'm actually I'm speaking in, in favor uh, of the amendment, and that's because uh, I understand the concern with the language initially was that we want to make sure that Congress will pay down the debt. But we need to, if you look back over the past, when we are in these periods of, of boom, um, that's usually when they end up spending more. Um, I think so long, um, uh, what was I trying to say here? Yeah, when we, when we go ahead and eliminate that requirement that they have to do a 1% of the total expenditures, my concern is that we have that requirement in place, Congress is going to be looking for a reason to use that loophole. And if past spending bills are or uh, I think uh, any prediction, and I think they are, there's usually a bipartisan consensus in times of economic trouble to go ahead and raise that debt ceiling. Usually it's overwhelming. So I want to give Congress less of a political cover to actually use that loophole. For that reason, I, I support your amendment. All right. Uh, New Jersey also on the amendment. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Robert Austin, Jersey. Uh, I was the impetus of the 1%, and I really made a point and stressed to the committee, who I, I am thankful that they um, heeded my advice that we need to put Congress's feet to the fire to make them address the 33 trillion, soon to be 50 trillion dollar debt that this country is going to incur. However, it's important enough to me to get the ball rolling that we can let the 1% be crossed out for the time being with the proviso that we understand that we, and that we continue to search for a way to, to have Congress address this 900-pound elephant in the room. If we don't do that, all of this is for naught. So uh, in the interest of getting the ball rolling and, and doing what's great for our country and the hard work of our committee uh, the other day, uh, I, I just want to let the, the convention know that uh, if it's just 1% that's going to make or break the deal, don't worry about it now. Thank you. All right. So any objection to the amendment proposed by Representative Ivory? Hearing none, that amendment is adopted. And uh, so did we adopt your amendment yet? I don't think we did. We did. All right. Any further amendments to the, to the proposal? Yes, ma'am. You're uh, recognized. Identify yourself, please. Thank you. I am Jamie Green from the Great Lakes State of Michigan. I am proposing an amendment to Section 2. For the secretaries, I don't know if you want to pull that up. I'll be patient. Um, while he is doing that, I would like to strike all of Section 2 and replace it. And I'll tell you why. Because it says um, whenever two-thirds of both houses. So it, it really put no restriction. It's just whenever they wanted to, um, 
to exceed the spending limit. So my proposal is, in times of declared war, Congress may temporarily suspend the balanced budget requirement by a majority vote in both houses, and in cases of national emergencies as determined by two-thirds majority in both houses of Congress, the balanced budget requirement may temporarily be suspended. Um, I want to thank our committee members and thank the subcommittee. I know they worked very hard on this, and we just ran out of time in our committee for me to propose my amendment. Very good. So the amendment would be to section two to take out the two thirds in general. Well, so, so and then add the language that I. It would be in time of war, a majority, and in the times of emergency, two thirds. Is that correct? It, the email should be from Rep. Green, 65. Discussion on the amendment of the lady from Michigan. Anyone wish to speak on that amendment? Is there any objection to the amendment? Uh, we need to see the amendment written out so I can yeah. read it, what she's saying. Would you like me to, if you did not get the email, I can say it's lower. Why don't you just read the amendment? Okay, so the amendment the so would be, in times of declared war, Congress may temporarily suspend the balanced budget requirement by a majority vote in both houses. So in declared war, not what we do right now. Um, in cases of national emergencies, as determined by two-thirds majority in both houses of Congress, the balanced budget requirement may temporarily be suspended. Because currently in Section 2, it is whenever they deem necessary, they, if they get the votes, they can go over the, they can exceed the spending limit. This would put the requirement that it is only in the cases of declared, and I want to be clear, declared war or significant like national emergencies. Any uh, discussion of that? Uh, Mr. President, I, I oppose this amendment strongly. First of all, if I'm hearing correctly, she's asking that the uh, balanced budget provision be overridden by a majority vote. That's just simply too easy and not tenable in any way to me. Plus, we already have an Article 1, Section 8 uh, that Congress can declare war. Whenever two-thirds deem it necessary is already language within the Constitution. You all know Article 5 starts with that type of language. So just because it says whenever doesn't mean that, it just simply means you still have to have a two-thirds vote. Uh, Congress can do anything from whenever. But again, this initial uh, language says you have to have two-thirds whenever Congress deems it necessary. That could be a declared war. That could be a national emergency. Leave it to Congress to figure that out. The primary point here is a restriction that you have to have two-thirds to override the requirement for a balanced budget. So I strongly oppose this. Bad idea. Yes. Further discussion on the amendment? Yes. Uh, who is that back there? Virginia. Virginia. Yes, Steve Bradbury from Virginia, uh, Mr. President. I, I support the declared war exception. I would limit it to the duration of the declared war, but I strongly oppose the national emergency open-ended uh, exception, because as we saw with the COVID pandemic, national emergencies can go forever in, in uh, Congress's mind. And so I like the limitation to one year. Each year they extend it, they have to do a two-thirds vote, but only for one year. So are you offering an amendment to the amendment? I'm offering an amendment because I would agree with it. 
Perhaps we can work on language. It sounds I, like I, she I, would agree I, I, to I that. I would agree to, to the one year. Okay. So uh, in times of declared war, Congress may suspend the balanced budget requirement by a majority vote in both houses for the duration of the declared war. Okay, does the staff have that language? And then the preceding section two, right? And then we just leave the preceding section two the way it was. We'll be running out of time shortly, by the way, on this proposal. So, all right. Any discussion on the amendment to the amendment? Any? I'm sorry. Any discussion? Yes. That's New Hampshire. Is that New Jersey? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Representative Bernardi from New Hampshire. Uh, I am in opposition to this particular amendment. Um, the important thing is to have a two-thirds majority in order to have any kind of suspension. Our war in Afghanistan lasted 20 years. I don't believe our Congress would have had any problem at all declaring war. But they didn't have to, have to do it. But if they needed it to, do, to deal with the budget issues, they would have done it. Same with the Iraq war. It would not have been an, a hard vote at all for any of them to at that time say, oh, declared war. And we would have been overriding budget after budget after budget. So two-thirds is the necessary majority. Any further discussion on the amendment to the amendment? If not, we're going to head to a vote. All right, we're going to vote. We did have an objection. The amendment, uh, we're going to vote on the amendment to the amendment. So uh, we'll, we'll do it by, by a voice vote. All in favor of the amendment will say yes. Those opposed will say no. So all in favor of the amendment to the amendment say yes. All opposed say no. No. It fails. So we go back to the main proposal that you have. Any, would you like to close on that? So that stays in. I know we are in such a short time, and my, my main concern is not, and I would be happy to change it to whenever, but I, I think it needs to be specific that Congress actually needs to declare war. The last time they actually declared war was World War II, and that when we declare war, it triggers different things, and so that this would put a fire under their butts to actually make a decision. All right, then. So we're going to vote on the main amendment regarding war being a requirement for the, for the vote. Mr. So, President? Yes. Yes. May I have a final say on this? Uh, actually, no, it's her amendment, so I, I don't think you do. Yeah. All right, so all in favor of the, she actually closed on the amendment. So all in favor of her amendment will say, will vote aye, and those opposed will vote nay. All in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed nay. Nay. Right. And the amendment fails. So we're back to the main proposal, I believe. Any further discussion on it? We just have, actually, uh, we need to go, uh, go ahead and vote because we're at that time. So uh, why don't you close on your proposal? Balanced hey. budget, authorization. Th thank you, Mr. President. And, and uh, just, I do recognize the tyranny of time. It's uh, what we, uh, of course, uh, struggled under tyranny yesterday as well. The main point is that we have a balanced budget amendment before that that is passed i would urge its adoption uh, and that's it all right then we're going to call the roll if you're for this proposal which is on the balanced budget amendment you will 
Your delegation will vote yes, and those opposed will be vote no, and we'll begin the roll call. Alabama. Aye. Alaska. Aye. Arizona. Aye. Arkansas. Aye. California. Aye. Colorado. Aye. Connecticut. Yes. Delaware. Yes. Florida. Yes. Georgia. Yes. Hawaii. No. Idaho. Yes. Illinois. Yes. Indiana. Yes. Iowa. Yes. Kansas. Kansas says no. I'm sorry, can I get clarification? Kansas votes no. No. Kentucky. Louisiana. Yes. Maine. Yes. Maryland. Yes. Massachusetts. Massachusetts votes yes. <laughs> Michigan. Yes. Minnesota. Yes. Mississippi. Yes. Missouri. Absent. Montana. Yes. Nebraska. Yes. Nevada. New Hampshire. Yes. New Jersey. New Jersey votes to restore fiscal sanity. Yes. <laughs> New Mexico. Yes. New York. Yes. North Carolina. Aye. North Dakota. Yes. Ohio. Yes. Oklahoma. Yes. Oregon. Yes. Pennsylvania. Yes. yes. South Carolina. Yes. South Dakota. Yes. Tennessee. Yes. Texas. Yes. Utah. Yes. Vermont. Yes. Virginia. Yes. Washington. Yes. West Virginia. Yes. Wisconsin. Yes. Wyoming. Yes. Mr. President, the vote is 46 yay, 2 nay, and 1 absent. 46 yays, 2 nays, 1 state is absent, and the balanced budget amendment is approved. Thank you for listening to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast. To learn more about our grassroots movement, go to www.conventionofstates.com.